Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist to Equip the Church to be hearers and doers of the Word. My name is Tim. And my name's Marshall. Hello, Marshall. Hello. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes. <laughs> it is? <laughs> it is. We have our tree up. Yes. <laughs> I, I heard. I heard you had your tree up. You guys did it a little early this year? You know what? No, that's that's kind of where we have been doing it. Really? Now that I, yeah. So I said we were doing it early mm -hmm. because we're leaving um, for Christmas holiday. Uh, but looking back on it, on some of those Facebook memories, this was you a year ago. Like, oh yeah, we put our tree up then too. Nice. Yeah. We we don't put a tree up every year, but when we do, we actually usually get a live tree. We've actually cut one down a couple of years, and. Uh, which is an interesting experience to go cut one down. It just reminds me of Elf. When he's like, buddy, buddy found it in the park. <laughs> oh, as tempting as that's been, because you don't really save any money cutting it down yourself. You'd think that if you, you know, you go through the trouble to like drive out, chop it down yourself, transport it yourself from these like tree farms that are out in the boonies, mm -hmm. and it's just as expensive as if you buy it at like Canadian Tire or whatever store. That's why you buy it once and you keep using the same one over and over. I know, but there's something nice about the smell of the fresh needles or I don't know. You a little, little, little light, not Lysol, a little pine salt <laughs> spray. Fair enough. You know, little car, those little yeah. car air fresheners. Yeah. Well, some of those in little ornaments. Well, because we do tend to do a real tree, it's it's far too early for us to get that up. That would be a, a significant fire hazard by Christmas time if we put that up now. So Also the reason for fake trees. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. I just want... I, the only reason I did any of that is I wanted people to hear that you only do a tree every other year. <sighs> I'm a bit of a Scrooge. We'll leave it at that. We don't have to go into the details. Oh, we will. <laughs> we will go into the details because... Uh, not in this episode. Okay, but good. we are going to do a teaser episode. That's, oh, that's the plan. That's right. Yes, for the history podcast coming next year, the Christmas special, and we're going to focus on the history of Christmas and the church. Mm -hmm. uh, in which case, we're going to drag you under the bus. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I well, at least I have a a bit of time to prepare myself for that. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Today's question. Yes. Question number forty-eight. What is the church? What is it? This is the church. <laughs> this is the steeple. Open it up and see the church. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I like that. Why does this matter? Other than I mean, you got to get your nursery rhymes right. That's true. But I mean, like, why does it matter? I mean, like, come on. Like, it's who are we or what is the church? I mean, this is. This is kind of foundational for our own identity as believers. Mm -hmm. What is the church? Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it's vital to, to wrap our minds around. And, uh, and I think as we get into how people have gotten it wrong, we can begin to see why it's important to get it right. Yeah. That's all I got for that. Yeah. <laughs> and how does it go wrong? Because I think that's the bigger discussion. Well, to go with your nursery rhyme, this is the church, right? 
mm-hmm. that first little bit of the, the little hand gesture thing that you did uh, represents the building, but the church is not a building. Right. And people know that people say that that's like, like saying the church is not a building. People have been saying that for so long that it's, that's now become the cliche thing. Right. It's like, yeah, I know I get, I get that. The church is not a building. People know church is not a building. Um, but I think in a broader sense, some people have kind of looked at the church as this kind of human institution, right? There, it's the organizational structure mm-hmm. that is the church, right? And so whether that is, you know, the longstanding institution of the Roman Catholic Church or some other denomination or some other group, it's that kind of structure. It's that hierarchy. It's that you know, all the moving parts and pieces that make up that as a, an established institution in society, that is what the church is. In part because they have claimed to be that. Yeah, in part, yeah, for sure. Because they've labeled themselves that. Yeah. Right? So that is where the word Catholic from Catholic Church comes from, mm-hmm. right? The church Catholic means the church universal. Yeah. So sometimes even in non-Catholic writings, you'll hear people... They don't say the Catholic Church, mm. but they'll say the Church Catholic right. as a way to distinguish and, and still use the word, not allow it to be entirely hijacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the purpose for the naming of it, yeah. is to say, no, if you're not a part of this, you're not a part of the Church. Of the Universal Church. We right. are the Universal Church, right. this institution. Yeah. And, and very similarly, the Orthodox Church um, says a similar thing. We're we, Orthodox. We are the church that believes according to how the church has always believed, and if you don't, then you're a heretic. Right. Right. So thus, thus these namings that people have used along the way mm. to just sort of low key claim that position, mm-hmm. um, which hasn't stopped happening. No. Right. There are a number of smaller denominations that do a similar kind of thing. Yeah. We are it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, and I think that's. That's kind of one of the other ones that I had too is is less on the institutional side, but the, this kind of like just my tribe, right, is the church, mm-hmm. right? Just those who believe similarly to me, whether that you know that tribe is broadly kind of modern evangelical or whether that tribe is reformed or whatever kind of charismatic, whatever label it is, the the real ones. The ones who see it like I do, not just on the primary issues, but on the secondary and tertiary ones as well. Right. That's the church. Yeah. And oftentimes this goes wrong in, in ways that are innocent enough at the beginning. Sure. Uh, it's not like people just wake up one day and they're like, hey, if you don't go to church at my church, you're bound for hell. Right. Um, what happens is people, people form secondary and tertiary opinions. Mm-hmm generally mostly secondary opinions, mm-hmm. and they say, this is my opinion, and the reason I hold this opinion is because I can see where there either is or is potential for ramifications on primary issues. Sure. Right? If you believe this about that, then it might also be, and, and two or three points removed is the questioning of a primary issue. Right. In which case, at that point, they're like, so, so because it can go there, mm-hmm. We have to nip that in the bud way back here at this secondary, tertiary thing and make this thing a primary thing, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and so I, I don't think people are trying to be that way. I think we end up there. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so kind of narrowing in from just my tribe is just my church, 
like just my local church is the church. There's a movement among some Baptists called Landmarkism, which is kind of along this lines. Is just is that like, a movement? I don't. I feel like that was was a movement. Was a movement. I'm sure there's still kind of some residual effect of that. Sure, maybe still. But the idea of like, yeah, it's just it's just my church. So even narrower than like than saying, well, the church is those who generally agree with me on most things. It's like, no, we we are it. Like it's just us. Um, yeah, we'll we're hit, the only ones getting it done. We'll hit that in the uh, in the history of the Baptists when we do that. Yeah, probably around this time next year. Uh, yeah, probably maybe a little bit sooner. But uh, so landmarkism, the way they get there is to say that they can draw a line back to the apostolic church mm. of uh, people who would become uh, a very conservative group of, of Southern Baptists that, that would eventually become landmark Baptists. Mm. Um, yeah, so they they have this in their minds a historical connection, mm-hmm. although that history is arguably suspect. <laughs> it's and, definitely and I think, suspect. I think most I think most Southern Baptists because that's really only where you're going to find landmarkism. Yeah, existing outside of an actual landmark Baptist church, which sure will also be hard to find. Yeah, oh, you yeah. probably can't Google it. They may not have a website. Probably um, not. <laughs> but where you find it, Southern Baptists, it's it's more of an argument for the historical presence than an actual doctrinal right, argument. That's right. what it's become. Yeah. So, And then most narrow, I think, um, and a problematic way to view the church is me, uh, just me. I'm the church mm-hmm. as an individual. I am, I am the church because I am in Christ. I, I am in fellowship with him. I am the church on, as an individual, but this, pro- this is problematic because it, fails to recognize the origin of what church meant, right? That when we read the word church in the New Testament, it's the Greek word ekklesia, means assembly. Before Christianity came along, that word was actually a word that was used to describe when all the citizens from a particular Greek city-state, so Athens or Sparta or whatever, would come together and that that is the word that the Christians adopted to describe what the church was. It is a collection of citizens, not mm-hmm. citizens of any city state, but citizens of the kingdom. Um, and so, yeah, so we we have to be careful that we don't get too individualistic with it, um, because there's there's a there's an aspect of of um, congregation. And this communal yeah. aspect to what the church is, yeah. And I would say that last one is generally a statement of isolation and not a statement of exclusion. Right. So when we look at those who would say it's the organization, it's our denomination, that's a statement of exclusion. Mm-hmm. If you're not a part of this, you're not a part of it. Mm-hmm. Those who would in- see themselves individually as the church would not say, "I am the reason Christ died on the cross, and no one else." Right. 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 Yeah. That's and fair. he died for my salvation. What they what they're doing is they're isolating themselves in a way that is unbiblical. And, and they'll make statements like, I don't need to be a part of a church to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Those kinds of things that are these very isolating things, um, which might be a technically true kind of a thing. But you can't be an obedient Christian. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And not participating in your local church. Yeah, um, that is very clear. Yeah, throughout Scripture. Yeah, it's it's like what's kind of inherently tied up in the identity of being a member of the universal church is that you are also p- 
part of a local congregation mm-hmm. in some shape or form right now it doesn't right it just because you're not fulfilling that doesn't mean your your salvation is is at risk necessarily or anything like that but it's like being you can be a father and and abandon your children and be absent from the home right you are still technically a father good one, good one. right but but you're not doing the things that a father should do and you're mm-hmm. not really embodying all that that ought to come with that identity. Right. And if... Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay. I'm going to add one more. Okay, nice. The Universalist. Okay, yeah. Uh, we are all God's children. Mm. Right? This is, this is for everyone. In the end, in the end, we're all God's children. And we're all then the church, the people of God. And that's the way, that's the way it unfolds. Yeah. 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 And I think, and this is something that like, I mean, even if I reflect on, you know, growing up and things I heard in the church and what we, you know, when we talk about the people of the world, you know, we're all create created in the image of God and there is inherent value within humanity to like God, God, like because he's invested his nature in us there is an inherent value there, but to say that everyone is a child of God is just not true. And yet a lot of people say it and not, not realizing mm-hmm. what they're really, you know, what they're getting at. I think. Yeah. It happens a lot at Christmas since we opened up with that. Mm. Um, when we, when we read from translations that say the angels, the heavenly hosts gathered saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward man. Mm-hmm. Um, that last word that's translated to man is a very unique word. It's one of these massive Greek compound words. Um, what it what it means is to those with whom God has favor. Right. Right. Uh, so, although Charlie Brown doesn't read it that way, no, it's in Charlie Brown, but it's not him that says it. Linus. Linus says it. Uh. That's not how it reads in the Greek. It it is more exclusionary than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is that sort of Christmas universalism element, right? right? That throws out the whole "we're all God's children" kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and so that can be an issue where church goes wrong. Sure, let's fix it then. Okay, let's fix it for all of time. <laughs> <laughs> there will, by the end of this, we have fifteen minutes left. Okay. And by the end of that 15 minutes, there will never again be a debate <laughs> over what constitutes the church oh because boy. Marshall's going to set us straight right here. <laughs> All right. Well, no it, pressure. Yeah, right. Uh, in answering this question, what is the church? The New City Catechism says, God chooses and preserves for himself a community elected for eternal life and united by faith who love, follow, learn from, and worship God together. God sends out this community to proclaim the gospel and prefigure Christ's kingdom by the quality of their life together and their love for one another. Okay. It's a good answer. What I'm finding as we're moving through this catechism, though, is some of these some of these answers are a bit wordy and don't lend themselves to memorization. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I agree. Yeah. I, I think it could have been kept to the people of God actively mm-hmm. receiving his gift of grace for salvation mm-hmm. and living lives of worship mm-hmm. communally. Yeah. 
but I, I do I do appreciate the idea of they're trying to unpack these concepts in a way that is going to touch on on kind of the various facets of what it means to to be mm-hmm. the church. So I I, I appreciate. I, that. I think what can happen that can cause us to be wordy is that we feel like a good answer not only tells you what it is but what it's not. Right. And we become gatekeepers within our answer. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think that's necessary in answering what it is. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I obviously I would be tempted to do the same because in the tribe from which this was written and published, the tribe within which we practice yep. church, there are a lot of people sitting around trying to pick everything apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, these theological watchdogging. Yeah. Is is a very popular hobby. People have made significant careers out of it, or they've spent a lot of hours online <laughs> in chat groups. Yeah, hours they could have been spending on advancing their shouting, actual career, shouting at the wind. <laughs> uh, but but I, I I feel like that's where it got wordy. Mm, yeah, is in trying to trying to fence in what it could be. But let's take these words. Yep, and let's pull it pull it down to its core and discuss it all. God chooses and preserves for himself. I think that right there is a good place to park for a second. Okay. For himself. Mm. Right? Um, These are the children of God for his glory Mm -hmm. that he has chosen to redeem and bring into new heavens and a new earth for an eternal relationship with him mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. When we talk about creation of mankind throughout scripture, by him, for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's an aspect that oftentimes when we present the gospel, we can kind of downplay a little bit, mm-hmm. right? We push it. We, we, we present it in such a way that it's like, you know, you are in need of this thing. This thing is being offered to you and it will benefit you greatly if you believe it and trust in it. Right. It becomes a sales pitch. And that's and and nothing that I just said is is untrue. Right. It's just sometimes we downplay the aspect that, you know, we are saved or God chooses and preserves people for himself primarily. Mm hmm. Right. And we are recipients of the grace and the blessings and all of those things that flow from that. And those are good and wonderful things that we should be appreciative of and and thankful for. But but at the same time, ultimately, um, we exist for his glory. And uh, and I think a lot of us can do a better job in in including that in the in our gospel presentation. Yeah. And, and that's why we press on the saying over and over again for his glory and our benefit, mm-hmm. because that's the formula. Sure. Right. It's for him. Mm-hmm. And we benefit from it. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, for his glory, and we benefit. In, in this in, in this isn't necessarily a, a cold, standoffish thing to do. This is why we have children. Mm. Because we want children to love. Sure. We have a need within us to raise up children that we want to love. Mm-hmm. And so, we have children. And God calls children for the same reason. Yeah. It's it's actually a beautiful thing mm-hmm. for us to consider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this community um, 
being elected for eternal life and united by faith. And I wanted to maybe sit on the united by faith thing. Okay. Um, you know, we c- we've already talked a little bit about the tribalism that can exist within Christianity. And, and I don't for a second want to say that there aren't conversations worth having about certain issues, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that I, I, I'm not of the, I'm not of the brand that says, well, you know, anyone can just kind of do whatever they want and who really cares, you know, it's up to each person just kind of interpret for themselves. We're and, probably all wrong anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 Like in, in that kind of laissez-faire kind of approach, that being said, there is a great degree of diversity amongst genuine believers among, like within the universal church and it's and that's okay because we're we're united by our faith in Christ our right. trusting in him even when we aren't necessarily you know in lockstep with each other on these other issues and there's something to be said for a bit of big tent Christianity. There's something mm-hmm. to be said of seeing those we differ with, you know, who, who still, you know, believe in Christ and trust in him and what he did for them as the basis of their salvation. But, you know, operate in ways that we might even say are wrong. Like, I don't agree with how they're doing those things, but they're still my brothers. They're still my sisters. Um, we are united. We are part of this, this bigger body. Um, of the church um, through our common faith. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, I'm, as I'm getting older, coming to appreciate uh, more and more, I think. Yeah, I think there's a difference between that argument and an argument of straight and narrow. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, broad is the path and narrow is the way, mm. right? That doesn't mean narrow within the realm of Christianity. Mm-hmm. That means narrow within the realm of worldviews. Sure, right. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I agree. There's, there are those who would call themselves Christians who aren't joined in faith. Sure, they have faith in other things. Mm-hmm. Right. If a pastor wants to lead his congregation in Christian atheism, and say, we've all acknowledged we don't actually believe in God, but we are Christians and we're joined together in that bond, I would say, well, no. Yeah, because it's a bond of faith, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's not mm-hmm. faith, sure, or faith in something other than what I have faith in, right? Which means it's not a bond. Uh, so, bond of faith: who love, follow, learn from, and worship God together. Mm. Mm. Who love, follow, learn from, and worship God together. These are active things where. Our faith is changing the way that we think and live. Mm-hmm. It defines our practice and our person. I see all the time these surveys are like, this percentage of people consider themselves to be religious, but only a small fraction of them say that that religion actually affects the, their decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that has been a push in Canadian politics. Right. To say we, we do want people of religion in Canadian politics, so long as that doesn't affect the way that they vote Mm-hmm. in, you know, parliament. Mm-hmm. I had a moment there where I couldn't remember the word parliament because <laughs> I've only been here 10 years. Give me some time. <laughs> uh, yet, that is not what it means to be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. 
a person who has faith in something is in that something. Yeah. And not just acknowledging it from a distance. Yeah. So I, I like that they included that active nature mm-hmm. of living in worship. Yeah. And they and they do all those things, learning, following, loving, and worshiping together. Right. Right? That this is not a uh, an individual sport, right? This is a this is a team event. This is something that is 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 done in the context of community. Um, and as we love him and follow him and learn from him and worship him, um, as we do that together, it's going to, I think, intensify and improve um, our quote unquote performance as we run this race. Mm-hmm. right? That as we do it in the context of community, as we as we minister to one another and love one another and encourage one another and serve one another, um, that is the way Christianity is to be done. Yeah. And so I, I'm as appreciative of how they put that there. And together they are the apostoloi, mm. those sent, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sent out, the community sent to the community. Yeah. To proclaim the gospel, mm-hmm. one. To represent Christ to the gospel and his Christ and his kingdom mm-hmm. and to love one another mm-hmm. in front of that community. Yeah. So there is a very public aspect to this. So even though we do together, as the previous section said, it's not in isolation within the walls of the church. No. That's where correct. we say, so I, I interviewed for a church years ago. And I asked the church, I said, can you describe to me your outreach? And the pastor that I was speaking with said, we have our times of service on our sign, easy to read. They have not changed in 20 years. If anyone wants to be here, they know where we are. Hmm. Hmm. And I and you know what? No no one in that process, that whole time I was interviewing, no one grilled me more on my doctrinal statements hmm. with a finer tooth comb than that pastor. Hmm. Yet, for all of his sifting and vetting, mm-hmm. this element of the church representing Christ to the community and being engaged in the community— so that they might see and join the church had completely, completely left, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to, to note here that this proclamation of the gospel, if we're going to handle kind of this first one, this proclamation of the gospel, like this is the mission of the church. It's mm-hmm. also the mission of every member of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is something that is... You know, people talk about, well, you know, certain individuals have the gift of evangelism. And I, you know what? And I would say, sure. Yep. There are certain people who are particularly gifted in sharing their faith and have been equipped um, to do that maybe to a greater degree than, than some do. But every believer needs to be or ought to be proclaiming the gospel. Right. So, so joining the church and not being interested in participating in the ministries of the church mm. is is like signing up for a basketball team and being like nah i i 
don't really want to play basketball. Mm. I I'm more of a soccer guy. Don't like to use my hands. Um, but the jersey's cool. Can but, I get one of those? <laughs> but I want to be a part of the team. And why don't you want me on your team? Right, right. Right? Well, you signed up for a, a basketball team. Mm-hmm. So why did why did you sign up for a basketball team mm-hmm. if you don't play basketball? Mm-hmm. Right? Joining the church, understanding that becoming a part of the body of Christ is not about what you receive, but who you become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about receiving salvation and being labeled the church, but becoming a child of God mm-hmm. and living accordingly. Um, it means it's going to change the way you act. Yeah, it's going to sure. it's going to call you out mm-hmm. upon the waters where feet may fail mm. and oceans rise. <laughs> I I also want to touch on this this whole idea of prefiguring Christ's kingdom, right? What is that? What does that mean? It means that the church is to be like a preview. The the the, the life that is experienced by the church and, 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 and the way that they live is to be a preview for the world of what these the consummated kingdom of Christ is going to look like mm-hmm. one day. Right? It's this kind of we talk a lot about this this when we talk about the kingdom, right? This already but not yet. There's a sense in which it's it is already here, already present, already happening but not like it's going to be, right? And so what the world is supposed to see in, you know, even with our imperfections and and whatnot, is the world is is meant to see in the church a picture of what the 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 reign of Christ on earth will will look like. Um by the quality of their life the catechism says and i don't think that's talking about their material wealth i think it talks about you know it's talking about holiness talking about joy in the midst of trials peace with each other and with those around them and then in their love for one another right that is that is going those are the evidences those are the 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 clear representations that something special is happening among these people um, that the outside world is meant to see. And when they see that in conjunction with hearing the proclamation of the gospel, that is that is the mission of the church. Yes. Cool. I agree. Nice. <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that? I, I would say the love for one another is in and of itself an avenue mm. of, evan- of evangelism. Sure, yeah. They will see your good deeds mm-hmm. and glorify your father who's in heaven. Yeah, um, for sure. So it's more than just quality of relationship so that we feel warm and fuzzy when we're together. Mm. Right. Yeah. There's going to be something special, something unique, something surprising that they see in the way that we love one another. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist church in Stratford, Ontario in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you later. Talk to you next time.